If you want heaps good history, a little touch of mystery with lots of hilarity. It's Adelol. Welcome to Adelol. Thank you very much. Welcome to... Happy birthday, Tom. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Happy birthday. I'm going to have a little beer for my birthday. I'll talk about that in a second once no Stan's done the intro. We are Adelol. Okay. We are a heaps good history podcast, exploring stories from South Australia's unique... And often hilarious history. We just got a few late stragglers. You guys are good. And that's how John Olsen killed Compilites. Hey! You never hear that story again. Not in a million years. We tell stories from South Australia's unique and hilarious history, and boy, is there a lot of hilarious things happening throughout oh, South yeah. Australia. Oh, yeah. One of them's the uh, new government, is it? Yeah, let's not, <laughs> talk, let's not talk about the election. Uh, that's not, that's not. But um, basically, how this goes, for anyone who hasn't listened before, is my name's Dan, I'm a born and bred South Australian, and I tell a story to my good mate Tom. Who moved here at the age of 15. I don't know. <laughs> in 2003. So, Tom doesn't know as much of, uh, about South Australia history. He's a bit of an outsider, brings a touch of the outsider's perspective. I'm beginning will. to learn, thanks to Dan. That's weird. That's what I'm all about. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Tom doesn't know what the topic is going to be about. He's just like you guys tonight. Doesn't know what I'm going to bring to the table. No idea. And it's sitting right here. And my job is essentially to just take the piss out of whatever Dan tells me about. <laughs> and I, so, can, yeah. I cannot wait for you to do that tonight because uh, I think it's going to be a great birthday. Okay, beer of the episode. Every single episode. Oh, by the way, we are a podcast, so we're recording live t- tonight. Uh, normally Did you we record, record in. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I hit record, I think. Um, normally we record in uh, one of our front rooms and mm-hmm. we just basically shoot the breeze and talk about South Australian history, make dick and fart jokes, and. Talk about South Australian history with dick and fart jokes. And so we have a beer of the episode. And what we try to do, what we've noticed in the last couple of years, is there's like a shit ton of really cool locally brewed beers. So what we do is we have a beer of the episode for pretty much every episode. And we are nowhere near getting through all of the beers that are brewed in South Australia. That's right. This podcast is just to cover up our alcoholism. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Having said that, though, uh, beer of the episode for tonight is the same as the last episode and the episode before because all three of the last episodes have been live recordings which we've done here at the Shadow Apollo and the Cranker Next Door. And the beer of the episode is Sparkling Ale. Oh, so, tasting notes for the sparkling ale, Dan? I don't need to drive for the next week, so I'm going to have a sparkling ale. I think that's the Here way we go. That's go. it. That's it. That's it. I want to have six of these, then stand up to go to the toilet and fall over. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Well, anyway, let's get straight into it because this is a huge story. And what did you do to prepare for this story? Um, well, it was my birthday today, so I got up late. Uh, I went and had hockey training. Hockey loves a cocky. And um, then I applied for a couple of jobs because uh, that's what you want to do on your birthday. Mm, it's not really. Uh, I had to ate read... some barbecue food and then came here. Oh, excellent. I had to read a whole book, 160 pages. But what a book. I'm and telling that, you. And that was the first time that Dan had <laughs> read a whole book. I, I did go to Modbury High. so um, even, you know. even, even with his three kids, he's like, Grug was... Uh, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, Grug was... Uh, this go to book... Sleep should be essential reading for all South Australians. I am just skimming the surface tonight. You all need to get a copy of this book. But let's get straight into it and what tonight's story is about. You ready for it, buddy? Hit me with your rhythm stick. This is the story of Reg Spears. Cool. (laughs) Okay, heard of the name? No fucking way. Okay, good. All right, so here's what you do. Anyone heard of him? 
All right, a couple hey. of people. Okay, don't yell out the spoilers. But anyway, let's uh, go. Uh, was that Gus? I'm staring into the dark. Was <laughs> Just it Gus? Pointing. Or? Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, if it's Gus, it's a country story. He's trying to get us to do more country <laughs> it's stories. It's not a country story. No. Anyway, Reg Spears was born on the 14th of December, 1941, in Adelaide, South mm-hmm. Australia. Ah. Who would have thought? Adelaide podcast, you guys yep, get it. Yeah, sensational. Spears grew to be over two metres tall and a strongly built man. Hello. He took up javelin and became one of the <sighs> leading javelin throwers in Australia while still a teenager. Okay. Okay. Did you ever do javelin in school? I did do javelin in school. Why the fuck do they let kids do javelin <laughs> in school? <laughs> like, legit. It's so dangerous. Oh, my God. But, like, javelin and rugby are, like, unbelievably dangerous. So, as a kid, like, now they're like, health and safety, health and safety. But they still let kids do javelin. I know. It's great, isn't it? No, it's not. (laughs) It's, like, super dangerous. Yeah, at Mobbury High, ours were machetes, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's how it went. Yeah. But anyway, um, he was a great javelin thrower. He qualified for the 1962 Commonwealth Games in Perth, uh, where he came fifth with a throw of 69.7 metres. Just a story about a javelin thrower. What could go wrong? I am going to say, mm-hmm. I don't know much about javelin, so all I'm going to say is, how far did he throw the javelin? 69.7 metres. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Richard, <laughs> in order to compete... These guys know what I'm talking he about. He tried to get into the 1964 Olympics and moved to London to try and qualify. Don't uh, bother. For the, okay, fair enough. In England... Shithole. <laughs> In England, he lived with a local javelin thrower called McSorley. It's su- Ooh, McSorley. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Of the famous McSorleys. Uh, John McSorley. Uh, maybe not. It soon became clear that... <laughs> yeah, Patel McSorley him, is the one we're thinking think of. I want him to think that I know some <laughs> stuff about... Uh, however, um, it soon became clear he wouldn't be qualifying for the Tokyo Games. Because he didn't throw the javelin far enough? Well, that's pretty much what happened. So, yes. he like, is he going to basically be like... Fuck it, I'm on to discus. Uh, <laughs> pretty much. He did excel at all sports, but javelin was his main thing. I, I thought you were going to say he did excel at all sports, but javelin he was not very good at. <laughs> and then I was like, why? He just loves why is it. He, why is he persisting you gotta, with you gotta, it? You've got to love a bit. He's of like, it's the most dangerous sport, therefore it's the one that I want to do. However, he was stranded in London. Aren't we all? Uh, and had no money to get back home. Uh, he landed a That's jo- never happened to an Australian that's gone <laughs> over to London on a backpack. And- Shout out to my dad who's here. I'm sure he flew me back once. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Thanks, Dan's dad. He'd still be stuck there if he hadn't brought him back. Uh, but he landed a job. In Has he-, he paid you back? Just out of interest. No, let's have this conversation this? now in front of 70 people. Has he paid you back? And there we go. No, pay him back in love. So... Actually, Dan, I, I hate to tell you this. Forget, <laughs> forget the Adelol. This is your intervention. Fair enough. Uh, I need a couple more of these. Uh, but he landed a job at Heathrow. part of the problem. He landed a job at Heathrow Airport, working oh, in hello. the cargo section. So, so ba- okay, yeah. I get it. Okay. I get it. Okay. I get it. When the planes were struggling to get going, he was just the, he was the guy that was like, <laughs> they're like, you got a strong arm, <laughs> Reg. We believe in you. Go on, Reg. Yeah. Get it back to Adelaide. Anyway, he landed a job in Heathrow, um, and just oh, as he landed the job in Heathrow, he gets it. Just yeah. as he had saved up enough money to get back to Adelaide, his wallet, containing all of his money, was stolen. 
Now, that surprises me because if you've ever been to London, it's like a relatively crime-free environment, um, particularly South London, very safe area to, to walk around. Actually, I got, Brixton, I got mugged. I, did you, did you, did you live in, do you live in Brixton? No, I visited Brixton a few times. I got mugged in Soho, which is, oh, that's like the in my part. defense, it is the red light district. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but he desperately wanted to return to Adelaide because his brother's wedding was coming up. His brother played for Port Adelaide Football Club, by the way. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hang on. How could he have played like football for Adelaide Football Club when they didn't like Port, get... a- Port Adelaide Football? Oh, Port Adelaide. Yeah. Oh, awesome! Yay! <laughs> cool. I thought you'd have. I, I better was reaction. confused because I was like, "Isn't this 1964? Like uh, the Adelaide like Adelaide Football Club's only been around for like five years." <laughs> More premierships. Shit club, no history. More premierships than you. Um, but anyway, he needed to get back for his brother's Boss. wedding. So one night at a pub with his mate John McSorley, he came up with an idea. The famous John McSorley. He They're came up sad. with an idea to post himself in a box back to Adelaide <laughs> from London. I'm just going to say I'm that. sad now. <laughs> I haven't been this sad since this time last night when I found out that the Liberal Party had won the election. <laughs> I'm really sad. Because he worked in Heathrow He's going to fucking die. <laughs> Much like this state under a Liberal government. There's a, there's a message there for the kids. There's a message there. Because he worked in the cargo section, he had a lot of knowledge about the sizes of boxes that would kind of go undetected. Oh, I bet he did. Mm. He, so throws, he throws the javelin 69 metres. <laughs> He's got a lot of knowledge about the size of boxes. McSorley was... Go on, Dan. I'm taking this very seriously. <laughs> McSorley was dead against the idea. Not doing it, no. Yeah. But after a couple of it's beers... It's the worst fucking idea I've ever heard. <laughs> but after a couple of beers, McSorley said, all right, let's build a box. And this is where it kicks off. God. McSorley was given the dimensions of the maximum-sized cargo allowed on flights. These were roughly five foot long and three feet wide. Oh, wow. If you remember the start of the story, Reg was over two metres tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not a short guy. Uh, so roughly around three... Oh, How tall are you, Dan? Uh, I could probably fit in that box, to be honest with you. Um, That's what she said. Keep in mind. (laughs) You said height, not length. (laughs) And it's the width that counts, guys. Come on. The width of the box. Uh, Over the next few weeks, McSorley made Reg the box in his apartment. The crate allowed (laughs) him... (laughs) But hang on. Just to set it in context, you said to me that... He, after a few drinks, McSorley decided that he thought it was a good idea. And we've all yeah. had a few drinks and said to a mate, yeah, I'll go along with that. Yeah, this but is why this sober- podcast exists, yeah, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But then you sober up, which is, we've never done, so that's why the <laughs> podcast keeps going. You sober up and you kind of go, oh, yeah, it was funny at the time, but let's not go ahead with that idea. So what you're telling me is he actually committed to doing it and then felt... Like, yep. such overwhelming pressure as a result of that that he ended up actually building the box. And Reg was dead set on getting back for his brother's wedding. So, that's what it was. So, the crate How allowed him... How much was an airfare to Australia? In I'll get to that. Okay, cool. All right. The crate allowed him to sit up straight-legged or lie on his back with his knees bent. He's going to die. Anyone been to London before? Even first class, which I haven't been. Dad. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Even first class, it's a struggle. 
but anyway, uh, McSorley left uh, ventilation gaps inside, you know, between the pieces of wood. Sure. Which was then covered up on the inside. It's like if you want to transport a <laughs> rabbit, you like <laughs> knock some holes in the box. Yeah. Pretty yeah. <laughs> there you go, Rage, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, they marked the container. Uh, saying it contained materials from the Supreme Shoe Company. That's a lot of shoes. They should have trademarked that, by the way. Uh, just getting into streetwear, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Supreme. Um, they obviously also marked the box this way up and fragile. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> are you, you, are you, you played the ukulele when you came out tonight, so you, oh, yeah. you, you obviously are a bit of a musician. Oh, so I you know, just, just, just from that, that like if you put a fragile sticker on something, Nothing. they're going to throw it harder. <laughs> <laughs> now, to ship the container, it cost £100 which was more than the airfare itself. What? <laughs> Just really So, so he's like the guy, like, I don't want to get crass, but he's like the kid that ate the slug. He's basically like, I said I'll do it, so now I'm going to do it. However, here's the thing. The parcel could be sent cash on delivery, where so he wouldn't actually have to pay cargo fees. People are too offended that I mentioned the kid that ate the slug. Yeah, I know. It's a couple of walkouts. Sorry. Uh, or rollouts. Uh, the first, the first step was to get on an Air India flight to Perth, okay, via Paris, Bombay, okay. and Singapore. Oh God! At the time, the absolute fastest you could get from London to Perth was thirty-five hours. Well, that's not that different from now, really. <laughs> not, not really. But anyway, Reg didn't eat for a week, to, or he didn't eat much for a week to slow, his, to slow his digestive system. That that will, to slow his <laughs> digestive system. Okay, not science, but all right, fine. That that, that like <laughs> all that's going to do is like ensure that he's exhausted and dehydrated, basically. So it's not going to help him at all. He might lose like a kilo. I don't think it was about that. I think it was about he's preparing not to eat for an extended period well, of time. Well, just take a sandwich. Oh, yeah, that's what he does, actually. <laughs> in, the bo- in the box, he took a bag containing some items. Sandwiches. A torch. A to- uh, well, useless. <laughs> useless. A, a Absolutely ta- useless. A towel. Uh, that's useful. Okay. There's, 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 oh, it's, it's reg, after all. Some tins of spaghetti bolognese with uh, forks attached by rubber bands. Some biscuits. Forks? Some, why like, Why does he need more know. than one fork? <laughs> some biscuits, lollies and chocolate. Well, you don't want a dirty one. No, food. but like, see, these aren't even like good, like nutritionally speaking, these aren't even good choices. Yeah, like, lollies, I'm taking lollies, chocolate. Cho- I'm not going to eat for a week, then I'm going to take lollies, chocolate and a can of Spam. Yep. A bottle containing juice. An identical bottle to urinate in. That's problematic. He needs he needs he needs a you bigger need a bottle. Label. He needs a bigger bottle for the urine. You he don't needs want a, one of those Dymo label makers. Yeah, you yeah. don't want it. Yeah, or even even just like if he's drilling holes in the box, just uh, <laughs> a hole to size. Sounds glorious. Yeah. Uh, he, <laughs> Dad, there, is. there it is. There it is. So, and he also packed his passport, some clothes, and some souvenir placemats that he had bought for his mum. Question. Yes. Why the fuck does he need to pack his passport if he's putting himself <laughs> in a box and transporting himself? You'll see. Well, you need your passport anyway, don't you? No. Like, you need your passport to go through immigration if you've travelled on a well, plane yeah. legitimately. But if, but you, if you put yourself you, in a parcel, <laughs> like, it, like, they don't, like, knock on every parcel and go, <laughs> can I check your papers? <laughs> yeah, like, well, even, why, is it, why is there a cat in a parcel? <laughs> it's a different one. 
Okay. So anyway, a different Reggie. If you had your passport on you, you'd take it back to Australia. Obviously. Well, yeah, you yeah. would, but like... Anyway, d- don't worry about okay. it. We're spending All too right. much time on the passport Technical, thing. Yeah, okay. There's a lot of pages. All right. On the morning of the flight, Reb uh, dropped a deuce in McSorley's toilet. He dropped a... Okay, okay yep. on, going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, I, I, I did hear you correctly. <laughs> they, they packed the crate into his car at Heathrow, and Reg said goodbye to McSorley, who was still telling Reg not to go through with this, yeah, by like, the way. <laughs> he built the box, but he's like, I only did this because I felt obliged to, <laughs> like the kid that ate the slug. Um, <laughs> and you really just don't do it. Don't do it. And Reg promised to call McSorley when he got back to Australia. <laughs> he's gonna be. He's like waiting by the phone. Like it's been a long time. He's not calling. Uh, so he dropped him at the flight terminal. Ter- terminal, and Reg's flight was immediately delayed due to foggy conditions. There we go. So so he eats the sandwiches and the spam <laughs> and the uh, chocolate and the lollies. Bottles are gone. Yep. yep. So he was taken to a warehouse on a forklift. Oh my god. Beep. Oh, by the way, he could he could open the box from the inside so he could get out the box. Right. Which he probably would have done if the box wasn't stacked four metres above the ground that night. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because there were other boxes of similar size yep. with actual <laughs> transportable Shoes, goods, yeah. not people. And he was stacked in amongst them. Right, okay. So he was stacked metres off the ground where he would have to wait until the next morning. Also, can I just say, like, his favourite... Like, this is totally... Well, it's not unrelated, but his his favourite sport was javelin and his name was Spears. Yeah. <laughs> by the way... Anyway, the I, I, only just, I only just noticed that. So, you yeah, know, go on with the story. But it's just, you know. By the time we get to the end of this story, that's going to be the least of your concerns. Okay, all right. Uh, anyway, uh, during the night, Reg thought the warehouse was on fire because of the smoke coming through the cracks in his box. But then realised it was just fog. And, like, sheer <laughs> panic because he realised... That he... What have I done? Also, like, if you're going to put yourself in a box and then get yourself put in a warehouse ready to get put on a plane... Yeah. Like, what are the, what are the odds that the, the warehouse is also going to catch fire that night? So um, I get the sense that he was probably just freaking out because he was like, I've put myself in a box. <laughs> <laughs> As you would. And I am going to be stuck in this box for two days. Well, it's going to be more than that. Oh. <laughs> When he was finally loaded Don't on the give the game away. When he was finally loaded on the flight to Paris the next morning, after 28 hours in the box already, wow, he got the opportunity to get out of the box and stretch his legs. So he had an opening from the inside; he could get out and stretch his legs while he was in the, um, the under part of the plane. Right. Okay. Yeah. But okay. Go on. Go so on. So anyway, as the plane descended back into Paris, descended into Paris, yep. he quickly got back in the box, but it was too late. He'd unfortunately left his bottle of piss on top of the box. (laughs) (laughs) He was sure that he was going to be caught. Someone's going to come along and be like, "Oh, I'm so tired from moving all these, all this stuff onto this plane, all all this luggage." Oh, Lucas Aid. It's the it's you know it's the energy drink that keeps on giving. So Reg is like, "I'm done. I only got to Paris. Why is it warm? I'm done." So sugary, though. It's like someone's eating a lot of candy. Yeah, this, this, this must be VB or something. Ooh. I don't know. Uh, so he was sure he was going to be caught. He's freaking out in the box. The French baggage handlers come in, see the bottle, and they're like, oh, it's those English guys giving us shit. The they English, they are, they are trying to say that there is nothing to our culture but people who piss in bottles. That was like one time we did that. Then now they're, they're making joke about it. 
fuck the English. <laughs> Let us kick this box and spit on it. <laughs> Something like that? Pretty much. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. And it only gets worse. Yeah. On the next leg of the flight to Bombay, Reg once again got out in the cabin, but he needed to urinate again, but he didn't have a bottle. Don't, wa- like, just don't <laughs> overthink it. Like, well, you couldn't I'm go in the so, corner. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but, like, if you are the kind of moron that would be like, I'm going to put myself in a box and fly to Australia over the course of a week. Why are you getting out of that box after, like, three days and being like, I can't piss, there's, there's nowhere. There's, it's not, it's not civilised for me to... It's not civilised for me to piss without a bottle. Hey. You're a cheapskate who won't pay for a ticket. You put yourself in a box, you endangered your life, you cause, like... Like issues for other people, and you get out of the box and go, wouldn't be right for me to just, <laughs> wouldn't be right for me to just piss in this corner. Like, so he had get no, on with it. He had nowhere to go, so he ate. He, a- no, he, like had nowhere to go, <laughs> quite literally. So what he did, what he did, is he ate a full tin of spaghetti in one go. Used the tin. No, hang on, 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 hang on. <laughs> That's the hang bad on. part. No, 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 no. Can I just like just 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 so I can get a handle on what just happened. He ate a full tin of spaghetti and then the crowds went, ah, what do you know that I don't know? Like, are you trying to tell me that eating a full tin of spaghetti gets you out of taking a piss? Like, is there some, like, like, like no, 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 I, like, cogs are turning in this room and he ate a full tin of spaghetti, ah, where's this going? He's going to piss in the tin. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right, okay, 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 all right, yeah. Did no one else pick I, up on that? I thought, I thought there was a process here. I thought you were like, he ate a full tin of spaghetti. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you eat spaghetti, you don't take a piss. Everyone knows that. Well, fuck. Okay, just go on with the story. So he ate the spaghetti. I was like, to have an empty I'll tin. remember this next time I really, next time I really need a toilet in, a, in, a, in an Italian restaurant. I'll have this in my mind. All right. Oh, God. Uh, so he ate the tin of spaghetti. He urinated in the empty tin. I had nothing to seal it with. Yeah, and also, like, I don't think a tin would be... A spaghetti tin no. would be enough. <laughs> Watch those edges, Christ. Um, so, hey, anyway, he... Um, slice him and dice him, Reg. He then sealed it with one of the placemats that he bought for his mum. <laughs> and with the rubber band that he was using for his forks. Reg is smart, she, Reg is smart she fella. She is not going to be impressed with her Christmas present. Might want to wash that Thank one, Thank you. It's, oh, it's a bit... Uh, hmm, what's that? Oh, so anyway... Is that spaghetti? <laughs> oh. Spaghetti? Oh. After landing in Bombay, the box instantly got turned upside down because they couldn't read English. Right. Um, racist? And racist? It was lunchtime. So they left the box on the tarmac in the Bombay heat at midday for two hours. Oh, and That's he fine. instantly spilled the piss all over himself, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> He was left dangling upside down for two hours on the tarmac. He was that dressed. But hang on, if you're in a box and you're upside down, you just like no, I reposition think it was yourself like the right? wrong way, and he like literally couldn't get it get out. Uh, oh like, dear. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, uh oh, spaghettios. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. There we go. Yeah, there's uh, some Simpsons fans. In after the audience two right? hours, pods, shout yeah, out. Yeah, pods, pods. Uh, Woo, there we get go. out. Uh, after two hours, he stripped naked and was contemplating turning oh, himself shout in. Shout out, pods. There we go. <laughs> But he got onto the next flight unnoticed once again. The next stop was Singapore. The flight experienced heavy turbulence along the way. This is the bit where you say, Singapore accent Tom. Singapore accent Tom. I can't do a Singapore accent. What's Racist. a Singapore accent? Yeah, uh, well, oh, I don't <laughs> want to do it either. <laughs> well, I, just, I, I don't know if there is a Singapore accent. Oh, 
Okay. I need to... <laughs> my wife gets the biggest laugh of the night? Come on! Yeah. Pretty sure that was my wife, so yeah. That tells you everything you need to know about how much tolerance is required to allow this podcast to happen. Oh, God. Uh, Reg had been in the box for over 50 hours at this point. Yikes, Reggie. So, like, Reggie's dead, right? Like, we're we'll just get, like, let's we'll, not, we'll let's not beat around. He's, we'll he's, get to he's, that. He's, he's gone. We'll get to that. Reg was running out of food and juice. Well, actually, he'd run out of food and juice and piss, probably. Yeah, um, well, he same described thing, right? the same, tri- same thing if you bear grills. <laughs> he described the trip between Singapore and Perth as a bit of a blur, surprisingly. Yeah, sure. Uh, oops, I need that one, too. Uh, but anyway, Reg finally landed in Perth after 63 hours in a box. Shirt fell down. I wasn't sure if people were like, oh, because the shirt had fallen down, or if Reg worried about Reg. You don't give a shit about Reg. But (laughs) anyway, he was unloaded into a freight shed. He got out of the box. He managed to find some cartons of warm beer, which he just probably just chugged. No, no. He then, no. broke, he then broke out of the shed. Where's the Mount Franklin? Come on. <laughs> he broke out of the shed, slipped into a crowd on the tarmac, and just walked into the airport like he was nobody's business. Hey! From Perth, he hitchhiked to Kalgoorlie with a truck. He was horribly crippled. <laughs> he hitchhiked to Kalgoorlie. In Kalgoorlie, he convinced a Catholic priest to give him enough money for a train ride back to Adelaide. Which the priest what? did. So I, I said he convinced the Catholic priest too, and then I was waiting for the... Yep. Reg... <laughs> Go on. Reg made it home to Adelaide's northwestern suburbs. Port Adelaide boy, mate. Okay, yep, go yep. on. Yeah, there's, there's a northwestern suburbs. There's not a northeastern suburbs. There definitely is northeastern there is suburbs. Not. Represent. There's, north, there's the northern <laughs> suburbs, and there's not the northern <laughs> suburbs. Go on. He made it back in time for his brother's wedding. Hooray! His wife didn't believe his story, but that was short-lived. Because back in the UK, McSorley was worried because he hadn't heard from Reg. <laughs> I, I said that before. I called it. <laughs> I, pi- I picked it. I picked it like a dirty nose. He was like by the phone. Like, <laughs> yep. Reg had just completely forgotten to call John McSorley oh, back in the UK. Oh God! So he gets there. He goes to his brother's wedding. He's having a great time. <laughs> McSorley's like, oh, it's he's like, on. I made I've it. Killed a man. Everyone's like, oh. <laughs> McSorley's just back in England, just like, oh, my, he's dead. He's dead. So McSorley's dead. McSorley's freaking out. Absolutely freaking out. Oh, my God. He decides to tell one person he can trust. I'll tell one person I can trust. A mate who's a sports journalist. <laughs> oh. It's not going to get out. Not going to get out at all. Yeah. Sports journalist also had a contact in Adelaide. So they send a okay. reporter to Perth to check for a box which was found in a shed. Hello. And then so was Reg. Hang on. No, 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 Reg was back in Adelaide. Okay. Like, well, well, the box is here. I thought he you were going to say Reg was in the box. He was dead. <laughs> you were just like toying with our emotions and no, he didn't no, make no. it to his brother's wedding. He Reg was is still alive at this point. Clearly dead because he died after like the 10th hour, which is what we all assumed would happen. <laughs> so the story got picked up all over the world. Reg became an absolute media sensation. People admired Reg for his Australian larrikinism and he became the poster boy for South Australia and athletics And that's in all cool and all fine and stuff, but were British Airways like, yeah, um, can we have the... Yeah, like, that's the, exactly the what money for, Yeah, okay, cool. I know, I know, I know um, it. Those pommy bastards. So people started offering him jobs. People, MPs were right. He was getting fan What mail. kind of jobs <laughs> are you getting? Like, I'm sorry. So, like, for most people to get a job, you go and, like, study for four years and get a, you know, get... get Trained in a particular field, he spent 
three days in a box and they're like, he's the guy we need. <laughs> he's the guy we need on our campaign. This guy looks like he's uh, got some out-of-the-box ideas. I think it'd be yeah. really good. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, he was truly the embodiment of the Australian larrikin spirit. Everyone loved Reg. Because he was a dickhead, <laughs> basically. It's what you're saying. Pretty much. He and was like, like, no, I'm not paying, I'm not paying like $90 for an airfare. I'll, fuck, I'll pay $110, put myself in a fucking box. But anyway, when Air... How is that like... Well, when Air India found out about Reg, they sent him a bill for the box. Sensational. Well done, Air India. But yeah. due to backlash from the Australian public, they ended up waiving the fee. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, no, we reserve the right to put ourselves in a box rather than paying less for an airfare to the country that we of destination. What?! Gets crazy. After the box trip, Reg went back to competing in athletics and in How? The... He would have, like, one arm, one arm was like this. His leg was, like, behind his head. Uh, he went back to competing in Olympics and... His kidneys would be, like, ruined because he's just, like, held in his piss for three days and eaten spaghetti. Like, you can't... In Come 1967, you could. He won the national championship oh my with a God. throw of 73.77 meters. Reg Spears, woo! And he finally beat the curse of the 69.7. <laughs> he continued to compete in 1981. This is where the story should end. All right, I'm done. See you. <laughs> See you guys. Have a great night. Reg was living with his uh, new girlfriend Annie in the 1980s, and they were struggling for money. Hang on, was she okay? She was a uh, Annie. You ah. Yeah, but was she okay? I get it. Uh, so because I heard she got struck by it. Gone. Reg came up with a plan to smuggle hash in boom boxes. Oh fuck off, Reg! <laughs> Reg, no. From India to Australia. See, now, but this is the problem, though. Is like someone does something really <laughs> stupid, and people are like, <laughs> "That's awesome," and then that person's like, "I got away with that." <laughs> I can get away with doing something else really stupid. And, and like, this is how the Chappelle Corbys of the world come into being. <laughs> oh, I she guarantee she did something else that she was like, huh, you know, she would, some, some, like something in high school that she got away with. She was like, I got away with that. I can just put hash in a boogie board and take it to Bali and no one will know and everyone will just think it wasn't me and I can write a book about it later and make money off it and it'll be <laughs> fine. And it's like, it's not fine. I'm it's telling a shit you, way to behave. I'm telling you, Chappelle has nothing on Rage. Okay, go, go ahead. They, this plan went on for months. They went from India to New Zealand to Australia because they didn't check the flights from New Zealand to Australia at that stage. So talk me through this. He smuggled hash into Australia. In boom, in boom boxes, like um, ghetto blasters. Got it. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, this is 1980. Yeah. Oh, anyway, they were charged with getting caught in 1981. Okay. They were charged with importing over a million dollars worth of drugs. Reg and his girlfriend Yikes. were granted bail, and then Reg came up with his next plan. Just a quick, quick talk through, walk through. I'm guessing he got away with it, and then he got caught, and they were like, how many boomboxes has he brought in? How much hash was in this boombox? And from that, they calculated that it was over a million dollars. This guy is actually asleep. He's fine. Is he he's good? Ah, he's fine. He's just preparing. It's he's a long weekend. He's, he's preparing for the long box flight to London. It's a long, it's a <laughs> long weekend. It's a long weekend. <laughs> he's over two metres tall. He can do it. He can do it. <laughs> they got fake passports and Reg and Annie escaped the country before trial. 
Right. They went. They went to Singapore and then Bombay, and then <laughs> they know where to go. Yeah, we're just like, oh, I've been here before. It's great. Yeah, 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 upside yeah, down yeah, the goddamn yeah, box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once again, being short of money, they came up with a plan to attach cases of drugs to the bottom of boats bound for Australia. Flawless. What? <laughs> it actually proved to be much more difficult than Red had imagined. Yeah. Because in his first attempt, the, con- the case containing drugs and air was too buoyant to get under the water ah. to attach the boat. So he had a little snag there. Like, why are you dragging just, like, uh, suitcases behind your boat? He's like, no, just don't ignore that. Don't worry J- about just it. married, that's what we do. Just be, yes, just yeah. married. <laughs> yeah. But to make matters worse, Reg was then spotted by a boat full of Indian police officers. Oh, dear. Fortunately, the officers were all drunk and thought Reg was just a lost tourist in their country. Hey! Didn't even ask him about the cases he was carrying. That's right. So the cops are like, and people right. say white privilege doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> so the cops get him on the boat. They take him back to the hotel and everything's fine. But the staff thought there was something off about the wet man carrying a container. Yes. Yes. I would agree. Is. He was very protective of his boombox as well. It's like, <laughs> it's like he wasn't playing any music out of the boombox, but he was just like, uh, i gotta have my, got to have me my boombox. Oh, I love my tunes, man. No batteries in it, but... Mm. <laughs> what the hell? Ooh, that's a big fucking possum. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Reg and Annie are sent to prison. Reg was leased on bail in 1983. All and right, all right. Hey... Midnight spaghetti, that's what it is. Oh, it is too. Uh, all right. They, so, they, that's, that's someone taking a piss. <laughs> they don't even need a toilet up there. Uh, that's a, hey, hey, go uh, back to your table. But anyway, he's on the, the run again. But one day in Goa, India, he sees his face on the front of a newspaper and quickly legs it to Africa. As you do. Where he's briefly kidnapped in Zambia. That's just As like, you are. <laughs> But then, open your mind, people. This prom- is how it works. Promptly released because he has no money, and within an hour, he's smoking hash and having a great time with these new kidnappers. That As he's found. you would be, he's like, "I got a boombox," and they're like, "Open the boombox." He's like, "Don't kill me. I've got a." They're like, "We don't want to hear your music, man." He's like, "Opened." Oh, and they cracked it open. They were like, "You're all right, Reggie. You can't stay here, man." They flee to... Why are there Jamaicans why in Zambia? Why are they Jamaican? <laughs> I've seen the movie Blood Diamonds. <laughs> I know how to do the accent. They then flee to Sri Lanka in 1984. Come up with the idea to start moving heroin to Amsterdam in boomboxes. Why are you moving heroin to Amsterdam? <laughs> Don't worry about it. There's plenty of heroin in Amsterdam. Oh, you not this heroin. Oh, okay. But Black, Reg's, tar. Black at, tar. At this stage, Reg is now known as the name Patrick Ledoux, a Frenchman. Just to spice it up a bit. <laughs> what? I don't know. So hang on. So, how, so why he got is he a, he got, a, he got a fake passport in Sri Lanka. He's okay. now Patrick Ledoux. Does he speak French though? No. Uh, ooh, so maybe. people are going to be like, oh, Patrick Ledoux with a French passport. <laughs> uh, bonjour. Guten Tag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, that's going to be the extent of the conversation. Right. Brilliant. Uh, anyway, he was caught at the airport with a kilo of heroin in his boombox. He is sent again, <laughs> again in the boombox again. Yeah, that's his king. That's his As if like they hadn't whittled it down a bit when he was with smoking with the uh, the G's. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he's sent to an absolute hellhole of a Sri Lankan prison. Twelve hundred prisoners, as opposed to the really top of the line refined <laughs> Sri Lankan prisons where this is the Cadell. Everyone Sri gets the first class Sri Lankan prisons. Um, Twelve hundred prisoners, one white man, which is Reg. 
But being the Aussie Looks legend... Looks like you dropped the soap, Reg. <laughs> being the Aussie legend he is, he makes the best of the situation uh, and makes life better for everyone around him. He taught English classes, helped prisoners with their legal issues, organised cricket games, sang songs for everyone. The guards and prisoners absolutely are loving Reg in this prison. Or, oh, sorry, the Frenchman, Patrick Ledoux. That couldn't speak French. Well, one day, he, after spending two years in prison awaiting trial, the French consulate comes to see their prisoner. Wow. This is going to be awkward. The French consulate come Hello. along. Uh, we, we are here to see the prisoner. Yeah, how you going, cunt? <laughs> uh, pardon? To get out of the situation... Reg just said a few random French words. Bonjour. And then said he'd forgotten all his French because the Sri Lankan guards made him speak English in the prison. Uh, Makes sense. Je m'appelle... Uh, what's my name? Reg. Uh, Patrick. Patrice, Patrice. Je n'ai pas... J'appelle la français, la français. Je mange un gâteau. Je mange... Je mange un gâteau... Uh, J'habite dans à la maison. Uh, I'm just going to let you struggle for a bit more, Reg. Uh, répétez, répétez, répétez. Bonjour. It yeah. soon came to light that Reg, Reg wasn't actually French. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reg finally, and the Australian media figured out who Patrick Ledoux oh, really was. Oh, Patrick Ledoux. So Reg finally got a trial. Reg finally gets a trial. Très bien. With a court-appointed lawyer, a dodgy... Je m'appelle Patrice Ladouche. A dodgy lawyer. Dodgy lawyers. I think that's what SA and this does is when, best. Hang on, I was going to say, this is, is this where Nick Xenophon <laughs> steps in? And is like, I'll help you, Reg. <laughs> dodgy with lawyer. A, with a little music video that I recorded <laughs> for the good people at YouTube. Anyway, because of the I idiocy of the lawyer, uh, Reg, God in bless June... Him. 1987. Hello. Is sentenced to death by hanging. Oh. There's worse ways to go. <laughs> In a cardboard box for like three <laughs> days on a plane. They're like, we could hang you, but we're gonna. We believe in uh, poetic justice. So uh, here we go. You're heading back to Europe. You're not as young as you used to be, Reg. And this time, there's not going to be any Kansas spaghetti, you fucker. <laughs> Baked beans or nothing. Baked beans or nothing, yeah. Reg requested a retrial in the court. Now, th this process usually takes up to 10 years in Sri Lanka, but with the international media present, the judge caved and said, in six months, you get a retrial. Why? Why should they? Like, why? So Reg sat on death row for six months and formed his next plan. What? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? He's like, there's lots of boxes coming in and out of this prison. <laughs> And uh, I think I can score myself a couple of tins of spaghetti from the kitchen. <laughs> Reg returned and to court. And this is all I need to make my escape. Reg returned to court and represented himself. Of course he did. He called Only wankers <laughs> represent themselves. <laughs> oh. If he you know anything about the history of law, you will know that that's true. Well, he calls the key witness, the policeman who arrested him with 1.14 kilos of heroin. Right. Reg confidently grilled the policeman. You know, how much did it weigh again? Are you sure it was me? What? Has, has in this English been in or police? in broken French? Yeah. <laughs> heroin. Heroin. Um, heroin. Repite. Has this been in your possession the whole time? Yes, yes, yes. 
How much did this weigh again? The policeman says, 1.14 kilos. Reg pulls out some scales. Right. Puts the heroin on one side, says to the court, this is 200 grams. Puts 200 grams on it. Nothing. 400. 600. Reg is probably shitting himself by now. Yeah. Drops the next one. 800. Boom. The scales tip. The court goes absolutely nuts. The policeman is dumbfounded. They don't know what to do. Turns out the judge rules the chain of evidence has been broken because some of the police officers had been taking a little bit of that evidence. It was Reg's uh-huh. plan all along that that's what would have happened. So he was basically like, they're going to steal some of the heroin because who would? <laughs> hey. And uh, that's, a, that's a burn mark from the oven, by the way, and oh, nothing oh, yeah, else. Yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll be able to easily get away with it by just pointing that fact out. So yep. if I destroy the credibility of the witness, then... The judge ruled the chain of evidence was broken and Reg is set free. The system works. <laughs> However, by this stage, the Australian Federal Police are there. They give Reg, they give <laughs> Reg like... a tap on the shoulder and say, you're coming with us. They're like, we're, we're going to steal just enough heroin to... <laughs> We understand the system, and if we steal this much heroin, less than ten percent, we can still <laughs> pin enough on you to get you to put in, you know, put you in jail. He so spent three years in Yatla Prison, Cadell Prison, and Mobilong Prison, where yeah, John McSorley came and paid him a visit. Hello, and he's like, "You should have called." Yeah, <laughs> I'm so glad you're okay. I've been looking for you. I'm so glad you're not French. Along with uh, John McSorley. Uh, his, his, uh, his son there, uh, Marcus McSorley. He had a son? His son and his wife, Julie McSorley. Why are you McSorley, hiding was drugs and no, like, no, shipping Julie, heroin? Julie oh, okay. and Marcus, uh, t- uh, the McSorley son. Sorry. They okay. eventually wrote a book about Reg's life called Out of the Box by Julie and Marcus McSorley. This should be reading for every South Australian. Brilliant. I'm not kidding. I've read it over the last week. Put it on the Premier's reading challenge for all I care. Oh, I, I, want, my, I want my primary Hello. school kids reading about this. Yeah. This is going to be great. Uh, Stephen Marshall is now the Premier, so the Premier's <laughs> reading cha- challenge is, like, not going to be so challenging anymore. After three years, Reg is set for a free. You can't run on a walk in a box. You can't read a book. <laughs> Facts. Unfortunately, in 2012, Reg was charged with cannabis possession. Come on, mate. He he appeared in the Port Adelaide Magistrate's Court and asked to be bailed because he had some tickets to travel overseas. In a box. (laughs) What could go wrong? The the judge granted the bail. What could go wrong? Nothing. He he returned in 2013 and all the charges were dropped. Brilliant. There we go. The system works. To this day, Reg Speard, 76 years old, Still lives in Largs Bay, South hey. Australia. And if you know anything about Largs Bay, you'll know that he lives in a tiny little box. <laughs> and that's... Uh, but anyway... $300,000 just for that little tiny he lo- box. He now lives with his uh, partner, Caitlin, and his two dogs, Molly and... Molly and... Reg, what's your other dog's name? Sassy. Hey. Mate, can we get you up here for a minute? Happy birthday, Tom. Thank you very much. This is for you. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Reg Spears is in the house. (laughs) 
commence the Q&A. This is fantastic. You told the story well. <laughs> as, as is often the case with every uh, Adelol, it was mostly just dick and fart jokes for take an hour. Seat, mate. So. Take a seat, mate. No, take, take a seat, Reg. Take it, please. Ladies and gentlemen... You probably got a sore leg after being in the box for <laughs> three days. I was writing this story, uh, doing the research as I always do, and my wife said, you can't do a story about someone living in South Australia and not actually tell them you're doing the thing. So I made the next step and I contacted Marcus McSorley and he put me on to Reg's lovely partner, Caitlin, and um, she said, unfortunately, Reg is out of the country. <laughs> you were in a box, right? You'd gone travelling. Until May the 8th. Luckily, Reg could make it for our last show. Reg, thank you so much for being a good sport. So good. Pleasure, my friend. Oh, it's very... <laughs> so, it's hilarious. So, how much... Um... Best, best way I've heard it. <laughs> Better than I can tell it. Fantastic. Like I said, so good. Tom did not know about this. No! This was... I went to Reg's house last night and I had a few words, had a few, um, few other things, so I won't go into that. Well, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a good time. Yep. And... Um, Lovely, lovely dogs, lovely house, and Reg, yeah. an amazing story. Like I said, we only scratched the surface, didn't we? <laughs> oh, yeah, you've, you've, you've told only a little bit. <laughs> Reg was right. telling me last night about um, you drove a car from West Germany to Afghanistan once. Is that correct? Smuggling hash. <laughs> hey! Never got caught. What, what else? Okay, <laughs> AFP, get him now. <laughs> no, well, statute of just... limitations is fine. So that's did, a legal term, right? <laughs> did we do it justice? Did we? Um, uh, yeah. Do we have a lawsuit on our hands? No. No, 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 no. no. no look, I mean, I know the story. <laughs> and, and bits of it, bits of it are a bit hazy, yeah, though, no, right? No, I remember it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, PTSD is like that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, you did the box thing. Yeah. Yes, um, I did. So you could manage to sit up with your legs straight. Is that correct? When you're 22, you can do anything. <laughs> yeah. So when, when, they, when they dumped you on, um, on the runway in India, Bombay, like you were upside down, what was the deal? You, could you get yourself right? I was strapped in the bloody thing. Okay, so okay. To hold okay. me in place. And it got so hot, I just tore my clothing off. That's, all, that's what you normally do. Yeah, 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 of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Even, even when, it, even when it's not that hot. <laughs> Shout out to Potter McKee of Springfield. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was... Look, it was dead simple. I mean, you just... I was going to get in the bloody thing. I got in the bloody thing and it just... It followed along. <laughs> Jeez. Was there any point when, like, after you got in the box when you just thought, I'm going to fucking die? No, I never thought about it. Okay. Do you, have you ever thought about that, Reg? That's my, that's my question. I think Reg is going to outlive us all. Look, I tell you what, there's something about being an Australian, and it doesn't matter what sort of situation you can get into, you know you're going to get out of it. <laughs> hey! Reg, you are an absolute legend. Living legend. You've seen a lot of the world. Where is the best place in the world, mate? Right here. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah there we go. There we go. Reg Spears, you heard you that name right here. Yeah, without a doubt. Look, you're going to stick around for a beer with all of us, mate? Sure. Sure, yeah. excellent. I'll do that. And Ladies remember, and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you to Reg and his partner and everyone who's come out tonight. Sensational. And remember, no matter what kind of issue you get yourself into, you can get yourself out. And that's how we're going to get through the next four years of a Liberal government. <laughs> I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. 
I'm not bitter. It's fine. It's does, fine. Does, we got some time. Does anyone want to ask Reg a question? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's throw it out to the audience. Is the main question why? Is does it? does spaghetti help you stay hydrated <laughs> in a manner so you won't? It seemed to. Okay, well, there we go. There we go. There's your answer. Scientific evidence. Um, if we were to give you a javelin now, how far do you think you'd throw it? Ooh. Off of the table. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Also, do you think it's too dangerous for them to like, allow kids in schools like to do it in school? No, knock the little buggers off. Yes. <laughs> there we go. That's the answer I wanted to hear. Hey, kids. <laughs> oh, horrible little creatures there. Reg is still out there at Lefevre Never High met trying one to line I liked. them up. <laughs> Never met one I liked. Yep, fair enough. He's got three. So. Don't tell you. You're not allowed near my kids. Um, <laughs> particularly with, with, a javelin, with, yeah, a with a javelin. With a javelin. That's right. Yeah. With a javelin. So, any questions for Reg? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, there we go. He did. My mum would have been dirty. <laughs> yeah. Placemats or piss mats? What yeah. Well, it's a, yeah. Anyone else? Excellent. Well, stick around for a beer with all of us. We appreciate... Thank you to Chateau Apollo on the Crown and Anchor. Thank you to the sound guy. Thank you to the very few people that helped me get Reg here tonight. I've um, got a question before we finish. Right. Who, who owns the rights to, uh, to... Who owns the movie rights to this story, Reg? That's it. Not me. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Tell you what, we'll get you in on the ground level. Yeah. You yeah. Can, you can play McSorley. I'll play Reg. Yeah. Well, <laughs> say, hey, there we go. I'm tall, huh? You want the best part. <laughs> Anyway, thank you all. Thank you to our wives who put up with far too much of our yes. um, junk. Ooh, ooh. And whoops, I think there's only one person you can give the prize pack to, Tom. And it's uh, Mr. Reg Spears, right? Mr. Here. Reg Spears, a South Australian yeah. prize pack. And in this prize pack, he gets a nice coffee and uh, <laughs> a bag of fruit chocks and a baffles pie and also some uh, spring gully jam. So why not? That's right. Not at all. Not at all. And that what is the winner. unfinished story <laughs> no, of Reg no, Spears. No hash, sorry, but uh, we, we can sort out a deal later. It's fine. I'll go in I'll come, come and see me around here. We'll work something out. I guess sort some nose beers. All right, let's go, guys. Uh, ladies right. and gentlemen, you can find us on any of your podcast uh, stations where you tune in, adelol.com or iTunes or anywhere at all. This is what we do. This is what we live for. We've, and it's exactly one year since we started this podcast, so we've Fantastic. come a long way. Ladies and gentlemen, thank and you all. But most of all, a big hand for Mr. Reg Spears. Spears, thank you very much. We're not worthy. Thanks, guys. See you later, folks. Thank you. <laughs>